This is Paul Cheel, and welcome to Smoke Signal, a podcast that takes a look at Australia's public relations sector. Each episode, I'll speak with a PR practitioner, academic, leader, and influencer to discuss the latest industry trends and issues affecting the public relations profession. Enjoy. This episode of Smoke Signal, the last in 2018, will be a little bit different. It's been great interviewing a range of people over the past year, and this episode I'm going to focus on one theme that I spoke to them all about, the term public relations. It's a question I've asked all guests. Do they believe the term public relations adequately describes what we as professionals do today? The term PR is often derided and often comes with negative connotations around spin and dishonesty. It is one of the reasons I named this podcast Smoke Signal. PR is often clouded in mystery and not well understood. So is PR in need of a rebrand or do we just need to define it better? The competing views of this debate and the challenge around it were well defined by distinguished professor of public communication at UTS former journalist and PR practitioner, Jim McNamara, who I interviewed in episode seven. Here's how he put the debate. I think we have to recognise there are two views, and one is that public relations is an imp- and actually in its raw term, it, it's a good term, relations between organisations and the publics, which is in essence what this is about. But unfortunately, uh, we can't deny this, the practice of public relations, often abbreviated to PR, isn't always practiced that way. It's very often associated with spin, whether it's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that didn't exist, or whether it's, you know, PR firms like Bell Pottinger in the UK that was under investigation and has gone into administration because of activities that were seen as fraudulent. Um, PR has got its share of issues. What I certainly see, and and, and I I don't teach or do public relations, but what I'm very interested in is strategic communication between organisations and publics. And in a way, why do we bother whether it's paid or earned or shared or owned communication media that we use? Um, There is a very strong argument, and certainly in Europe, the term PR is not used. They talk about strategic communication uh, and the practitioners will use whatever is the best means to achieve their objectives. Uh, and I think that there is a certainly a, a case to be argued that we have to become better communicators and that maybe we should stop sitting inside silos and saying, well, I do PR or I do advertising or I do social media and, and simply say, what is the objective and what is the best way to do it? Because in a way, that's what strategic public communication is about. UK practitioner and academic Andy Green, who, when I spoke to him in episode five, was crowdsourcing a definition of public relations, feared that the word PR was disappearing and the writing was on the wall for a diminished role for PR in the future, unless we do something about it now. And he has some strong views on what that looks like. Take a listen. Well, there's a genuine fear that the word public relations is um, vanishing from our landscape. So there's fewer people using the term in their job titles, there's fewer people using it in their department names, fewer people uh, using and um, and, uh, like for example in Google, uh, last year there was a 20% decline in Google searches for PR jobs, 
which I think is a good indicator of a future trend. So um, the writing's on the wall that there's a, a, a PR with certainly a very diminished future and a lesser role unless we do something. And the doing something is having um, new theory, new definitions, where it gives us a new sense of purpose. Going forward, we are the people in cha- uh, championing um, trust. So we don't own the issue of trust, but we are the champions for ensuring the asset of trust and how we go about earning it. We are the experts, the specialists. So that a, uh, that would gives us a platform going forward so that we can be uh, fend off competition from competing disciplines and we can be more assertive about uh, what we do at the moment and also gives us a platform for new roles, new responsibilities, as we recognize how critical earned trust is fundamental for communications and social interaction. Telemedia's David Skopinka and Bessie Hassan from, from Finder both tended to agree with this trend where PR is becoming less used across the sector and say, and both say they see a place for communications to be used either in conjunction or instead of PR. Here's what they both had to say. I don't mind differentiation from the marketing industry or the advertising industry. I think they are different skills. I've personally never loved the term public relations. I don't think it means a lot to people. And for a profession whose job it is, is to help translate complex thoughts and ideas for for a mass audience, I don't think we do ourselves justice. I also don't know that corporate affairs means a lot to people either. Um, I, th- I think that broad term communication probably a bit more relevant these days. And, you know, you can sort of brand that however you want to. But I think it is very much about communicating between, you know, organisations and, 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 and other audiences or, you know, individuals and, and audiences. So I think communications is probably a better term these days. But, you know, I think uh, there, there is a lot of heritage in the PR brand, good and bad. It's interesting. I certainly do think what we do is broader than that. just that. Mm-hmm. Um, even my role, I was head of PR for a couple of years and I've recently added and communications to the end of that. But I, I also dabble in a lot of brand and marketing. So I don't know that there is the perfect term that, that would suit all um, PR professionals. Some workplaces prefer to call it public affairs. Some call it corporate affairs, as you know. Media relations gets used a lot. PR, I'm seeing a lot less of in job titles, but it will be really interesting to see whether that um, evolves or, or what it changes to. But that's interesting in itself that you added communications to your title, almost saying that PR didn't adequately describe everything that you did in your role, right? Yeah, so that was just a discussion I had with my new CMO earlier in the year and she said, actually, you do quite a bit of brand communications. And I said, oh, I like that. Yeah, so we do. We do events at Finder within the PR team. We do a lot of uh, content pieces that are data-led. It's not traditional PR as I studied it many years ago. Yeah, um, I, I'm doing a lot more than uh, what I might have expected 10 or 15 years ago. But I I think that's a great thing and it it brings us closer to the business goals as well when you're able to communicate on other levels and just involve yourself with other campaigns and big strategies that are being rolled out. I feel that that's a a win-win for all parties. (laughs) 
However, it's not all doom and gloom. A number of practitioners believed PR was the most effective way to define the breadth of our role and saw relations as a keyword. PR warrior Trevor Young says he didn't always hold this view, but in recent times has embraced the concept of PR. HSPR's Sarah Mason is sticking strong to the old school definition, while PRIA President Sylvia Bell says the term does sum up the best parts of PR. Take a listen to what the three of them had to say on the issue. I tend to say PR and communications all as one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I went through a period when I didn't like it, and that's why you know one of the companies that I ran was had communications in it because I believed that it was all about communications. But now I think communications is really a subset of public relations. And if I go back to my definition of PR, which is about, you know, increasing the level of connection you have with people that matter most of the success of your business, your cause or your issue, then that's public relations. So now I've come back. I've swung right back to it. I, you know, I, I dropped off it for many years. I've swung right back to it. And I, I think that, um, you know, again, building that base and comms is a really big, big, big part of it. But there are other elements and reputation management is one part of it. You know, all of those different arms, and that's the, that's the challenge the industry has, is that it has those very many different arms to it, and I think that will continue to be a challenge. So I think you still need a uh, – what I don't like is get us some free PR. Yeah. This is PRable. Is this PRable? Get us some free PR. No, you can't. Um, I'm going to go old school here. Um, I actually believe what we do is public relations. Um, I think, in fact, the word relations uh, is probably the most important part of it. Once we start, um, you know, changing it to strategic communications, which is like a conversation that happens, you know, constantly <laughs> every five minutes, we are losing what we fundamentally do, which is actually building relationships between, you know, some kind of entity, a brand, a persona and their um, target audiences. So for me, I, I like public relations. I'm sticking with PR. I think it does sum up the breadth of it. It, it could also, it also includes communications, as you know. Yep. And so whether it, it it can morph into public relations and communications, um, but as it stands, I think it is it is a, a good descriptor, and people do understand what it does. But perhaps we internationals, Alan van der Molen, put it best when he said the discussion is probably best to have over a pint of beer, and for professionals to just focus on what we do and how we do it. I think that discussion is is a little tedious. Um, I think it's a good discussion for a pint versus an, versus an industry forum <laughs> because, you know, we've got public yep. relations, communications. We've got any number of different agencies and firms trying to put labels on it. I think we need to be focused on what we do versus what we call it. And in my view, we need to really focus on the creation, amplification and engagement value of branded content. And we need to be putting branded content across the entire media ecosystem. So pay turned on social, experiential and search and understand how we move that content through engagement to meet the needs of brands and to meet the needs of their stakeholders. And that's a much different game than, than what we've done traditionally in our media. My personal view, I believe while it does have a brand issue, 
if you go back to the theoretical foundations of public relations, then it does stand as a strong descriptor of what we do. Recalling that the textbook definition of PR is two-way engagement that delivers beneficial outcomes for both the organisation and its stakeholders. If that's how it's practised, then that can only be a positive for both organisations and the broader society. In the news this episode, I thought it would be timely to have a look at an Outlook piece for 2019. There's plenty of them around at this time of year, but I've picked one from TalkWalker. TalkWalker, if you haven't heard of it, is a social media monitoring platform. It's actually European-based. Uh, the agency I work at, Honor, we were one of the first Australian agencies to pick it up a couple of years ago. They've done their annual paper on social media trends, looking at the 12 trends that they think will impact PR and marketing in 2019. I won't go through them all, but here's a few of the ones that I found interesting, and I'll put the link to the paper up on the Smoke Signal blog. The first one that caught my eye was the trend that 2019 will see a focus on ROI as a key measurement of the impact of social and PR actions. The paper says vanity metrics are dying. It's been interesting to see that a lot of people still talk about vanity metrics. According to this TalkWalker paper, in 2019, campaign success will be driven by more tangible metrics and ultimately linked back to the sales funnel. Another trend on the list talks about putting PR back into marketing. It says, as KPIs and metrics co-align, marketing and PR are going to integrate more and more in the coming year. I couldn't agree more. This blurring of the lines between marketing, PR, advertising is only going to continue as the disciplines become more integrated. Another trend that's interesting is that Gen Z is going to change how we market. It says Generation Z are now entering the workplace, which means adapting your customer experiences to meet the demands of a new generation. It's quite interesting. It still feels like we're getting our head around Gen Y and the impact they're going to have, whether that is as a customer or as an employee. And now we're already starting to look at the next generation, Gen Z. Interestingly, the paper says that brands are going to find it increasingly difficult to attract and retain an audience's attention on social media. And the reason for that is that Gen Z are actually rejecting this idea that social media needs to be part of your life. And the last trend I wanted to touch on was one that really wraps up probably a lot of what we've talked about in this podcast throughout 2018. And that is this idea of brand purpose and social activism being key in 2019. It says, which continues from many discussions I've had throughout the year, brand purpose is going to drive more decisions than ever before. One quote in the paper says this, maybe it is climate change, gun control, politics, or other social issues. Social media and citizen journalists have ignited brand purpose and social activism. There are businesses not only ready to join the conversation and be the voice, but they're also helping to create the change their customers want to see. And it's clear when we look at governments locally and globally, whether it's the changes to prime ministers in Australia, the protests that are currently underway in France, the Brexit discussions that are happening in, in the UK, or Donald Trump, individuals are losing faith that the governments are going to drive the change they want to see, and so are now turning to corporates to drive the change that they want to see in the world today. This is a pretty dramatic shift for brands, 
and one they need to better understand and fast. I'll put a link to that paper, it's pretty interesting, on the Smoke Signal blog, but I thought it was a pretty good way to wrap up the podcast for 2018. That's it for the final episode of Smoke Signal in 2018. It has been great getting this podcast off the ground during the past year and a thanks to all my guests and supporters throughout the year. A special thanks to those who engage with me on social channels or via the blog. I love hearing the feedback. I look forward to being back in 2019 and speaking to a lot more interesting people across the profession. As was pointed out to me by one of my listeners in a recent Twitter exchange, I'm never going to run out of issues and topics to talk about on PR. Have a happy holidays, and I look forward to connecting in 2019. You've been listening to Paul Cheel and Spoke Signal, a public relations podcast.